What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, the host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show from Remax Results in the Red Hot Real Estate Group, Ms. Mimi Shoneman. Hey, Mimi. Does that ever get old? Me saying that? I'm going to go out and buy a house. Never. I, love I am going to go out and buy a house. Yeah, I love Even it. If you have one, I'm always getting ready for the next get one. Get ready to buy a house. Exactly. And to help you get that financing done and to to answer all of our mortgage questions today. Mr. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Good morning. All right, so let's go ahead and get your NMLS number out of the way. All right, please. NMLS 238103, Company NMLS 3029, Cross Country Mortgage, an equal housing lender. And Phil, if people want to get a mortgage, how do they reach you? They can always reach me via my cell phone, 651 238 Six seven four eight, and I'll give you a hundred dollars if you call him after midnight. Oh. <laughs> Don't say that because there's lots of people like me. There's lots of people yeah. like me that have I'm weird just sleeping habits. I think we're we're all in a, fo- a fall fog. And that's the only reason I'm telling you is that people will take you up on that. Is what I'm saying. And it's you're gonna a be joke, out a bunch. Of, exactly. I'm like you're gonna be out a bunch of hundred dollars because <laughs> there's people joke. like me who are up. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, so, since we're talking about money, I got hmm. a big promotion. Oh, yes. For yes. October. What okay? is going on now? Starting October 1, mm-hmm. if you apply with me and you work with me and myself on a purchase, I'm going to do what's called a free one zero buy down. Okay. Meaning I'm going to pay the cost to drop your rate from market rate by one full percentage point. Wow. All right. Now, it's a temporary buy-down, meaning okay. it. let's say the interest rate you get was 7%. In your first year, it'll be at 6%. Okay. Now, what's the cost to me to do that? On a $100,000 loan, I'm ended up paying about 1.4%. Okay. So I'm basically, I'm, I'm cutting my commissions mm-hmm. big time to give this special to the consumer. And then there's another added bonus. That added bonus is, is when it comes time to refinance, I will refinance them for free. Okay. Now, what does that mean? We'll remove the cross-country fee and we'll pay for the appraisal. That's an additional $2,000 it is discount to the consumer. So great promotion from Jan- from October 1st through the end of October. Okay. If you call me or you call Mimi and want to buy a house, all right, you don't have to buy in October, mm-hmm. but you have to apply. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, we're going to talk a little bit because last week I think we skipped what was going on in the market. Um, and we don't want to do that for too long because right. everything is very fluid. Um, so, Michigan, I'm just going to let you take a stab at how many months of inventory we have right now when a balanced market is between five and six months of inventory. Okay. I'm just going to guess uh, based upon what we've been seeing recently. I'm going to say one and a half, one and a half months of inventory. We have 2.2 months We're of up to two? inventory. That's been a long time, I think, since I heard you say two months two. of anything. Yep. Two so of what, anything. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What that it means, means is that that's how much inventory is available for all of the people looking. Uh, well, it also means something else. We hmm. were at 1.2 at one point, time, yes. even less than 1%. Yes. Which means houses are taking longer. Mm-hmm 
to sell. When the inventory goes up, okay, you're you're talking that houses will stay on the market a little bit longer. Which so is we good have, for people, I think. That gives them time to really organize themselves as they're buying and make sure it's the right property for them. When before, they're, we were hearing all these stories. Things were moving so quick. They're like, I don't even know if I like this, but I know I got to take it. Yeah, we're sitting right now on 32 days on market, and mm-hmm. that's actually up 23%. Okay. Um, and so when it takes a little bit longer, I think that folks are were used to the rapid pace of the properties flying off 32 days is still pretty fast, folks, and that's from the time that you put your house, the sign goes in the yard to you're giving your keys to your new buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2.2 months of inventory is, a, I think, a substantial move because, to your point, Ms. Shannon, I think last year we were somewhere around 0.9. Right. Um, and so, folks, I'm telling you, if you think that you're going to be wanting to possibly sell in the next year, don't wait until we have three months of inventory mm-hmm. because the closer that we get to balanced, your your power goes down. Right. You know, it's supply and demand. So the point being is if you're thinking that you're possibly going to sell in the next year, now is the time for us to have a conversation. Let's talk about what you might need to do, what it would look like, what you've got to do to prepare, those kinds of things, or if you want an as-is sale. Right. Now, one of the things that I'm seeing out there, and um, there's a lot of really good real estate agents out there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. And why do I say that is if you take a look at a lot of these listings that are coming soon or coming to the market, they are making sure that the house is wonderfully staged. Okay. Uh, and that they look great. Mm-hmm. Now, if Folks, if you're looking at a house that's in a premier neighborhood, um, looks phenomenal, is priced right, even though it might be priced higher than maybe some of the comps, mm-hmm. I'm seeing those houses still going in multiple offers. Listen, people are visual. That's all there is to it. Um, you look at something that you think is is has visual appeal. Versus you could take the very same exact floor plan and, and something that's not right or that's been worn a little bit. And and we can't help it. It's human nature to, to direct, you know, look towards something that's visually appealing. Right. Mm-hmm. But with that said, you guys, don't let that stop you. If your house, if you, in your own opinion, is not up to what you would think would be uh, the visually appealing type of house. Because there are plenty of people out there that would love to have your house and you would price it according to how Mm -hmm. it actually is. Mm -hmm. They would love to have that savings. And if you don't want to do the work, we know people that can do the work or people that will buy it from you and do the work for you. Um, So don't let the beauty of your own house stop you from selling if you want to. Right. Well, I mean, I, I was looking at some statistics here just this last week. And right now, 28% are first-time home buyers. Okay. Then you have, it is cash buyers, which mm-hmm. are at like 23%, very, very high. But what I also found interesting is that investors were still making up 19% of the marketplace. So to the point that you were stating there, Mimi, about if your house doesn't look phenomenal, there are still buyers out there that would want to buy that home and maybe they're going to buy it and then they're going to flip it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
What is flipping? Flipping is basically investor comes in, buys the house, fixes it up, and then they'll put the house back on the market six to nine months down the road. Yes, they'll do a little cosmetic updating. But, you know, that's where I want folks to think about calling us. Mm -hmm. Call us. We are not going to try and and steer you in it one way or the other. We're not going to try to talk you into, you know, fixing the house up more than you can afford. Right. But if you want to, we can show you what that price differential would look like. Yes. But we have people who would like a house that they don't, you know, there are sellers out there that don't want to do a thing. Mm -hmm. They just want to sell it and get out. We appreciate that. If that's you, we'd love to talk to you all day long. And then you have some people like me that I'm like, I'm okay with that. I'm a mess with it anyway. So I'm like, go ahead. Exactly. I get it. Don't worry about it. Um, So with that said, we'd love to talk to you if you're thinking about selling in the next year or so. Now, we are going to be talking about things that you need to consider if you are getting ready to retire in the next five years. Yeah. Um, I I get this call all the time where um, either the client has retired. Right. And now they want to buy a home. Mm Mm-hmm. They need to understand that going into that situation, Mm -hmm. your underwriting guidelines or your cash flow is going to probably be different. All right. Good example. Let's just say that you have a 3Mer making $150,000 a year. Now they go into retirement and now their fixed income is $3,500 a month. And then they got their they've got their 401k. But they're not drawn off their 401k because maybe their house is free and clear. Right. Well, how do you do a mortgage on $3,500 income? And what people go, well, I've got money. Mm-hmm. The question is, is can you access it? Right. How long do you have to take that money before it can be counted? What percentage can be counted? Good. Here's a quick example. All right. So. Uh, I'm now getting, I'm drawing my dividends off of my tax return. That's $10,000 income. Mm-hmm. People, you need to understand if you're going to count dividend income, there's a two-year average. So that person that wanted to buy might have to wait a full year right. okay. before you can count the dividend income. Okay, so when we come back from the br- from the break, we are going to talk a little bit more in depth about the things that the planning that should go into place before you before you go into retirement. We would also love to take your calls. You can call us at 651-641-1071. Be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm a Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and the Red Hot Real Estate Group. Also, our friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. If you want to be part of the show, feel free to call us, and the number is 651 641 1071. Okay, before we dive into our topic, I did want to mention that our median sales price has gone up a little bit to 380000 in the 13-county metro area. All right, Phil, any any blips that you'd like to give about the market update for mortgage? Um, rates uh, have ticked up a little bit. Uh, the Federal Reserve came out. Uh, they basically said that they were going to put a pause on this month's rate hike. Okay. All right. Uh, I was 50-50 on it. Were they going to increase or not increase? Uh but the words per the Fed chairperson in the Fed was pretty pretty hawkish still, meaning that 
they do believe that they're going to have to raise the prime rate here in the next meeting, which is supposedly supposed to be, I believe, in November. Okay, and what are you what are you anticipating? A quarter point? Quarter point. Okay, folks. You know, I I talk to a lot of people that say, you know, I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a hurry. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are in a hurry. And I'm one. I'm one of those people that you've been saying that. Here is yes. why. Here is why. <laughs> You know, you're you already know that the mortgage rates are probably going to continue to go up. So, right. so you're out running, outpacing that, and we are already seeing that prices have continued to appreciate this year. It was supposed to be flat, but now we're seeing that prices are still going up. So it's you're simple out, supply and demand. Yeah, Mimi. you're outrunning both of those two points. So yes, you are in a hurry to outrun those things. You know, I, I t- tell people all the time. You're 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 marrying the house. You're dating the rate Mm -hmm. with the understanding. Yes, folks, rates are going to fall. They're going to fall in the next year within the year to two years. But if you think we're ever going to get back to two and a half, three, three and a half percent. I think those days are long gone. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think we're going to see interest rates drop and they're going to drop into the fives. And that's probably where we're going to stay. We're going to rest there for, for a while. For, we're going to rest there for a while. Okay. No? I think that, um, folks, you know, if you know you're going to do something, do it then. You know, what, you know, we've talked about in the past about how long it takes to save, mm-hmm. you know, and okay, I'm going to save till I get, you know, X dollars, 20,000, Most people 000. can't save fast enough. Exactly. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we already have programs in place. Phil, you, you told us last week that cross country's got a, a really good program. Do you remember well, what the, what the FHA 100? Yes. Yeah. The FHA 100 mm-hmm. is where we can help you with your down payment. So in other words, we do an FHA 96.5% first with a three and a half percent second. The only thing you have to cover buyer is your, is your closing costs. And, Maybe we can get the sellers to pay your closing costs. I use the words maybe. All right. But there's a great product that can help an individual. All right. That doesn't have a lot of money to put down. Right. And that's on a purchase, I believe, up to almost 500000 okay. And that's when you're sitting there saying, I can't buy a house. I'm never going to be able to afford it. This is like, no, there are ways out there. You just have to have somebody help you put all those puzzle pieces together. Well, guess what? And then I throw that one zero buy down mm-hmm. on it. Instead of you being at 7%, you'd be at 6% for the first year. And so, Phil, can they? you can stack different down payment assistance programs. Oh, I, yeah, I, I stack frequently in down payment assistance programs where we're using one program and then... Based on the demographics of where they're buying, there might be other programs that we could add on top. Okay. So we've got a median in the area of 380. I'm going to let you do some math in your own head, and you can talk to us about what that payment would look like um, at the next break. Okay. But in the meantime, I'd like to start talking about if you are within five years of retiring and you know that you're probably not going to stay in the current home that you have 
or you'd like a different kind of situation. You'd like to either downsize. You would like maybe mobility things to to be addressed, or you just want to get the heck out of here and mm-hmm. go someplace warm. Um, all of those acceptable reasons to right. me. Right, fair enough. Um, yes. So Phil, so when people come to you as far as the mortgage mortgage goes, mm-hmm. um, and those are the, some of the things that they're thinking about, they're doing, they're planning while they're still employed. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the things that you tell them that they need to be watching out for. Well, I mean, we really need to know. We have to compare what your current income is today and what is your planned income going to be in in retirement. And for many, many people out there, once they go into their retirement plan or years, their income and their streams of income are going to change dramatically. And that's where uh, there's multiple, multiple, I mean, there's programs out there to help folks that are retired, okay? But there's also restrictions when you become retired. And I mean, the, the restrictions I'm talking about is the money that you say you have may not be able to be used immediately okay. to qualify for a home loan. And explain what that means. Well, like I was saying, dividend income. All right. Now you're going to, you. most people roll their dividends year over year back into their 401k or their IRA. Right. Okay. Uh, if you're going to use your dividend income to live off of, you have to have a two-year average of dividend income. Okay. And that's based on a two-year federal tax return. Okay. If you're going to use rental income. But before we go there, let's just recap that one one segment. Um, so two years, they need to have already been getting the dividend income is mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. And let's say we had $10,000 in the first year and $5,000 in the second year. We don't take an average of the two years. It's the lesser of the two. So you take 5000 divided by 12, which works out to basically what, 400 $420 a month. Right. Okay. So now that, that we could use that 420 a month to help you qualify for a home loan. Okay. All right. Then there's folks that are taking money out of their retirement to live off of. They've decided to wait on taking their social security because as you get older, you're able to reap more of the benefit of social security. In other words, your social security will go up. Right. Right now, currently, I have a client now that's had to apply for Social Security because her income wasn't high enough for her to qualify for the house that she wanted to buy. Okay. So one of the things that's really important is when I meet with people is I'm going to get a full picture. I'm going to I'm going to ask them all the questions about where are their income streams are. Mm -hmm. And then we have to then maybe bring an accountant into play got to bring maybe a financial planner into play to determine, okay, based on your goals and what you want to do, how much income do you need and how much income do we need to qualify for a home loan dependent on what you're trying to buy? Right. Exactly. All right. So, um, after the dividends, then you start to look at their retirement. So their 401ks and their IRAs, correct? Hi, I, I'm I'm looking at dividend income, 401ks, IRAs, land income, okay, farm income, pension income. How about alimony? 
Well, here, here's one on alimony. If if they're getting alimony, what does the divorce decree say? Is the alimony going to continue for at least three years from the date of closing? If the alimony is going to stop within that three years, then you can't count it. Gotcha. Okay. So when we come back from the break, we're going to continue talking about things to plan for pre-retirement. And we would love to talk with you if you have questions about the subject or any other real estate matter. Right. And we do have a quick time. We do have those new guides available as well, right? We do. We Mm -hmm. have started and we have the fall things to consider when buying and things to consider when selling guides. And they're free. They're updated quarterly. All you have to do is request them. All right. And how do we request them? 651-578-2218. Call or text. Right. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm a Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group with Remax Results and with our friend from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson. You can call us if you have any of your real estate or mortgage related questions at 651-641-1071. Okay. We have some really great dialogue in between the breaks, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we were talking about is creative ways, and one of those is uh, annuitizing income streams. So, Phil, explain what that is and how someone might do it. All right. So, let's just say hypothetically, uh, the consumer is drawing Social Security at $3,000 a month. Pretty tough to buy a house on $3,000 a month income. But let's say they have $1.5 million sitting in an IRA or a 401k and they're not drawing off of it. Well, we can use what's called an asset depletion program. And that's where we're going to annuitize. Yeah, it's a pretty big word. Uh, their income. So what does that mean? We're going to use a mathematical formula. The consumer doesn't have to pull their money out of the 401k. They don't have to take a distribution. We're going to go, okay, so you have your 1.5. We're going to give you 70% credit for that. Okay. So let's call it a million dollars. We then divide that million dollars by 360 months. Mm-hmm. And whatever that amount happens to be, that is additional income that you're able to use for qualifying. So you don't have to take it out. You just have to prove that you we just could ha- use it if you need it. All to. we need, all we need is a document, be it the most recent asset statement, okay, investment statement. And there can't be any clause in the investment statement that says you don't have access to the funds. Okay, so here's a question for you. So let's just say that you do that and somebody buys a house using this asset depletion program and Mm -hmm. they've annuitized all that they can up to Mm -hmm. 70%. Yep. What happens after the, the sale closes? Do you guys have language in some sort of document that says that they can't until the, is there like some sort of do do on sale clause? Nope. Nope. It's your standard. Hey, it's a standard 30 year fixed rate mortgage, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. All right. You could do, you could do an arm if you wanted. You could do a 15 year, 20 year, 30 year, no prepayment penalty. It's a standard mortgage. Okay. But so you guys are not saying that this particular person has to have that money throughout the whole time of the loan. Guess what? If they go to the casino and blow it all, <laughs> that's, them. that's that's on them, all right? 
the program is there to help. It's really there. Annuitizing is really there for for those seniors out there right. that would like to buy a house, which is totally different than, say, doing it is a reverse mortgage purchase. We've heard reverse mortgages. Right. Okay, yes. what is that? It's basically based on you being over the age of 62. And if you've got a house that's free and clear, you could do a reverse mortgage on your current home to buy another house. But I'm not a big believer in reverse mortgages. I'm going to say, if you're going to do a reverse mortgage, I personally would say consult an attorney. Right. Yes. Right. I think that there are other alternatives. It definitely well, looks could, like one of those too good to be true commercials. You could use that yeah. annuitizing over that, all right? Because people, you need to understand on a reverse mortgage, every month you don't make a payment. Your principal balance is going up. And if you don't care that your all your equity gets stripped out of your house, and maybe you're going, hey, I have no heirs. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody to give this this money to, or I want to keep all my own money and I want to spend it. But there's yeah. plenty of places that you can give your money if you don't have any children. You yeah. can give it to your church. The, yep. You can give it to a school. You Some can give non-profit. it to a nonprofit. Yeah. There's plenty of things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is just our opinion, folks. We want to make sure that you understand that this is just Mimi and Phil and Miss Shannon. This is just our opinion. We're not lawyers. We're not financial planners. No. Um, so we think you should, should you know, utilize those yeah. types of professionals. So let's take it back to when we're doing a reverse mortgage versus annuitizing. So we'll take the, the emotional, give your money to someplace good that the three of us are proponents of. When people are looking at that as an option mm-hmm. when they're retirement, yep. what's the monetary reason why they would do that? If they don't With have a, an annuity. Real simple. Yeah. If I do a mortgage, I get to keep my appreciation. Okay. I'm paying down a loan. I'm getting that equity there as well. Okay. Whereas if you do a reverse mortgage, you're literally throwing all your money away. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. We're going to skip over that uh, discussion for a moment. Let's talk about utilizing a non-occupant co-borrower. Sure. Then let's talk about what our opinion is about that. (laughs) All right. So. Unbeknownst to a lot of people out there, if you've got an elderly senior that you want to maybe move them closer to you, that's mm-hmm. that's I, I hear that one frequently, but they don't have the ability to qualify for a home. Well, believe it or not, I've got a product where a son or a daughter, based on an elderly person, Okay, it's got to be elderly or they have to have uh, some form of disability. And what is the definition of elderly? <laughs> Over the age of 62. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. Then. That son or daughter could qualify for another primary residence and buy a home for their mom or dad. All right. Not as an investment property and be able to do it for as little as 3% down. Okay. Because it doesn't necessarily count like when you normally do a second home or a vacation home. Correct. Because of this particular caveat. Because of the caveat, it's mm-hmm. got to be elderly or disabled. Dis- disabled. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could buy a primary residence. You would be a co-signer, co-borrower. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means that if that house goes into default, yes, 
you as a co-borrower are going to get dinged on credit. Right. But one of the things that the frequent question I get is, well, what about my other assets? Mm -hmm. Your other assets do not come into play. Your current primary residence doesn't come into play. If the house goes into foreclosure, yes, you're going to have a foreclosure on your credit report. But the federal government or the bank can't come after your money and your 401ks. They can't come over your equity. Uh, they can't put in lien against other things. All right. So are you on the hook? Yeah, you're on the hook for the house, but you're only on the hook for credit and a foreclosure. Okay. Okay. So basically the co-borrower, let's just say the son or daughter is going to pony up the 3%. Gonna help mom and dad buy a house. Well, maybe the maybe mom has three percent, and she has no income. She makes a thousand dollars a month. We want to buy a small little house for mom, close to us, so we can take care of her Mm -hmm. in her elderly years. We'll buy the house for three percent down. It'll be considered a primary residence. Yes, mom will go in the primary position. She could have zero income. Son or daughter makes. 15 grand a month. They make 180,000 a year. They qualify for another house, but they don't have to buy this as a second home and they don't have to buy it as an investment property. Okay, so that preserves their ability to buy their their second home later. It doesn't strip them of doesn't, that opportunity doesn't when, strip you, that, when nope. you go to look at their credit when they say, Correct. "Phil, yeah, we bought mom her house now. Mm-hmm. We want to move to Florida and get our second house." Yeah. You're like, "Cool. No problem. No no restrictions because you bought mom a house." Now, now the one thing the mistake I made here when I used that uh example of 180,000 a year all right, they're not going to qualify under the AMI, which is 94000 or 99400 In that scenario, they'd end up putting 5% down Okay, versus 3. Got it. Okay. Well, that's really good to know because, you know, we're not getting any younger, this, this uh, country of ours. So I think that that's helpful to know that if you need to help your parents, that this program is out there. I think Mm -hmm. that there's also some people in our community like, you know, my son's not to this age yet, but I could see it would be a value for me because of his particular uh, developmental delay that I could go. Well, I can I, you know, he may not be able to get into a house on his own, but I can help him get a property. That would make sense where he would have some autonomy. Yes. Okay. All right, Phil. Um. Let's talk about folks that want to use all cash to buy another property. Mm -hmm. And they're coming to consult with you because we recommended that they explore all of their options. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that they could do that maybe they hadn't thought of. Well, I'm really torn when it comes to this subject. Should you take all your money out of your investments Mm -hmm. to buy a house? Now, if you're a multi-multi-millionaire and you're sitting on all this cash, then buy a house for cash. Right. But if you've got, let's just say you've got 600000 in your retirement account, you've got a hundred grand equity in your home, you're going to sell your house, pocket your hundred equity, and then you're going to pull 200000 out of your retirement account to buy this $300,000 house. I would say, hold one, folks. Have we talked to a tax accountant here? Mm -hmm. Do you realize that you are, by taking that $200,000, you're creating $200,000 of income, which means you're going to claim that income 
buying that house. And now you're going to pay tax on that 200000 right. And I've seen a lot of people get into this problem. Okay. Because they... They 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 just say, oh, we're gonna buy the house. My real estate agent told me to to pay cash for it because cash is king. Cash is king, mm-hmm. and the chances of you getting the house is better with cash. Now, there is a rule that says it's an important rule. If you pull money out of your investment and you pay it back within sixty days, mm-hmm. then you don't have to pay the capital gains on that. Okay. So if somebody bought cash and they came to me, you could also do a refinance one day after being on title. Okay. Well, this is a great subject for us to continue exploring. When we get back from the break, we'd love to talk with you. Right. And that number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Thank you again for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 with my friend Mimi Shonoman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results and our other friend from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson. Feel free to call in and be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. Okay, folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling and you'd like to have a conversation about it, we'd welcome that. And you can reach me directly at Mimi at MNRedHotRealEstate.com. And like we've been talking about, you can always text your questions or call at 651-578-2218. All right, Phil, we're talking about stuff that people can do prior to retirement to set up themselves for success in purchasing or selling Mm -hmm. prior to retirement. Um, one of the things that we were discussing is the utilization of trusts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the, that does become a little bit more complicated. And folks, if we're going to use money out of a trust fund, uh, one of the things you want to know is you're going to have to provide the full trust to the mortgage lender. They're going to want to read the full trust. Who has access to the trust? What's in the trust? Okay. Are there other assets in the trust that maybe you haven't disclosed on your home loan application? Mm. That's one of the reasons why we have to read the full trust. And I can't tell you the number of times where I've had a client go, well, I don't, I don't want to provide you my trust. Right. All right. Well, that, well then that, we can't do this. Then, then unfortunately, it, it may be where you can't get a mortgage if you're not willing to cooperate. Yeah. Uh, same thing, too, with real estate. Folks, you know, we're not asking to, to get up in your business. We need that to verify things for your protection, too. Um, so you wouldn't want somebody to say, oh, yeah, I've got a trust. And that was, OK, cool. You know, <laughs> but it doesn't belong right. to you. You can't sign. Right. Um, yeah. So you have to do to provide the documentation. No question about it. Um, Phil, let's talk about folks who are separated uh, and they're heading into retirement and they currently own a home together, not living together, but they're separated. They're getting ready to uh, possibly get a divorce. How would you construct information for those folks? Oh, well, I mean, one, it really comes down to what is the situation I'm working with here? Are we talking about a house that's free and clear? Are we talking about a house that has a mortgage where both of you are on the mortgage? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've run into people that are separated and they're still living together. Okay. Um, I would tell you that is a case by case basis, Mimi. I'd have to know more about the situation in order to be able to, to advise them. You know, one of the key points, and I don't think I've really mentioned it, 
folks, it's easier to qualify for a home loan while you're working right? prior to retirement because the rules totally change. And it also is more helpful to have two incomes, right? So if you're separated, would they be able to purchase individually uh, and use both incomes? Oh, you know, well, guess what? That I've seen that multiple times where people become separated and because their spouse was the the breadwinner or she was the breadwinner, one party doesn't no longer qualify for a house. Sometimes when you add up both of their incomes, that's the only way they will qualify for a home. And when they separate, they no longer have the ability to purchase a home because their their debt to income ratios just will not work. Okay, so even if they're officially separated, that's they should think about doing this prior to that official designation. Correct. Okay. Are they legally separated or they're separated? That's two different things. Legal exactly. separation is a court order where they went. It's almost like a divorce. Mm-hmm. It spells out what the rules of engagement are during the separation. All right. A lot of people don't get a formal separation. They don't go through the courts and have a formal separation. When you do it from a legal separation standpoint, is it the same as it takes one to buy and two to sell or, or uh, Minnesota all that stuff. law is always yep, two to, to buy. buy. I mean, one, to, one buy. to buy, two to sell. Always. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but if, now you're still, I see why people wouldn't want to do that. Cause now you're, even if you're cool, you're still yoked to your new ex. That's hard though. Adulting at that level sounds difficult to me. Oh, I've had had separated couples with a legal separation. We need to see a copy of the legal separation. And I've helped both parties buy houses. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. When you're legally separated, you can have that verbiage in there. What I buy is mine and what you buy is yours. And that's a court order. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. If you separate but don't have that... And one party buys a house, you're still married. Okay. Which means that other party still has a legal right. Fair enough. Okay. To the property. Okay. Let's talk a little bit before we head into the final uh, portion of the show about debt. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just say that a couple comes to you and they've got a certain amount of debt and perhaps that debt, uh, there's a little bit of a credit issue, but they're, they're doing some planning about going into retirement because they want to get that all mapped out. Let's talk about debt. I'll give you a great story. About six months ago, I had a couple come to me. Their credit scores were in the 580s, but guess what? Their credit wasn't bad. It wasn't. Hmm. But they had over $100,000 in credit card debt. Okay. Now, with 580 credit score, can you get a mortgage? Yeah. The rate is going to be 8%. All right. Um, just so I want to hear. Um, so what I did for those folks is I put together a plan where we did a home equity loan. We paid off their debt with the home equity loan. Yes. And then I helped them basically through the credit bureaus with a rapid rescore. Okay. Was able to get their credit score from a 580 to a 700. That quick. How long did that take? Took 65 days. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. I ended up having, we ended up having to pay off 10 different debts, bring their debt to income ratios down uh, below 50%. Okay. All right. And we were able to then help them with a conventional loan versus an FHA loan. And 
because they were going to put down more than 20% down, there was going to be no PMI okay. if we could do the loan as a conventional loan. Mm-hmm. So it it was it took a lot of planning. There was a lot of moving pieces. All right. But we were able to pull that together in about 90 days for them. And so you said that the credit score went up to approximately what? Went up almost 120 points. And yeah. how fast? Uh, about 60 days. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's huge, crazy yes. fast. Well, they didn't they didn't have any negative trade lines. Okay, they, they didn't have they didn't have bankruptcy. Debt. They didn't have judgments. They didn't have liens. They didn't have collections. All their credit cards were maxed out. They were maxed out, and for those clients right now that have you know lots of credit card debt that's maxed out, you should be calling me, and we should be looking at potentially a refinance. All right, I just saved a client over $2,000 a month in, in outgoing expenses by doing a refinance. And yes, their rate went from 3% to 7%, but I saved them $2,000 a month. They were headed towards bankruptcy, bankruptcy. foreclosure. Because they had too much debt. Because they had and too they much debt. And they were overwhelmed. Correct. And and when I put spelled everything out and showed them the cost savings and the interest savings, all right, yes, you're going from 3 to 7%. That's not, don't think about it that way. That's not the important part. That's not the important part. I helped them bring their finances back into order. Yes. And so their credit card interest rate was approximately how much? Over 20% on all of them. And so that is the point that we're trying to make is, you know, you're, you're, canceling that out mm-hmm. going down and so you're you're averaging and so it makes perfect sense and it's definitely if this is some something that you're going through or something that someone in your in your life is going through that a conversation would be worth it right uh, so feel free to reach out to us during the week 651-578-2218 right and you can reach me at 651-238-6748 and we always encourage you to get this episode and previous episodes. You can go to mytalk1071.com. Use that keyword red hot. And we have some other cool things. Remind them one more time about your guides, please. Please call and request them. They're free. They're awesome. 651-578-2218. Thank you. We'll, listen to, we'll see you next time on the Red Hot Real Estate Show.